The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. I'm Jackie King and I'm a Creative Arts Project Officer with the New South Wales Department of Education. Today we are having a visual arts subject chat led by our visual arts advisor, Catherine Kiriakou, who is chatting to Danielle Leonello from Camden High School and Carol McGilvery, who is Head Teacher Creative and Performing Arts at Kincumba High School. Thanks, Jackie. It's a pleasure to join you. I'm going to start today by just asking our two amazing visual arts teachers to tell me a little bit about where they teach and about their department. So we might start with you, Carol. Hello. Hi, Catherine, Danielle and Jackie. I teach at a comprehensive high school on the central coast of New South Wales at King Cumber High School. It's a fairly large high school. We have 1,021 students enrolled this year. And we also have 48 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students. The Kappa faculty at King Cumber High School, it's quite an active and dynamic faculty. We have five visual arts teachers, two music teachers, a drama teacher and a dance teacher. And the faculty is very well valued by the school community. Visual arts is a popular choice as an elective in uh, stage five and stage six. This year in Year 11, we have two Year 11 visual arts classes. We've had two Year 12 classes in 2020. We also run a two-unit photo and digital media in Stage 6, and we also run Stage 5 photo media as well. And next year, for the first time, we have a Year 11 visual design course starting in Stage 5. So that's the summary of, of my context at King Cumber High Thanks, School. Thanks, Carol. It does sound like you've got a really dynamic department and a lot going on. So I'm looking forward to hearing more. Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about your setting? I know that you're in Sydney. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. So I work at Camden High School and it's a school in the Sydney Southwest region. Um, it's quite a large school with around 1,100 students and I have a small portion of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students at my school. In terms of visual arts, we have three visual arts teachers and visual arts is quite popular. So in year 9 and 10, we have two visual arts classes, one photography class, and in year 10, we have the same as well and we always run um, senior classes as well. So it is quite a popular subject. 
Well, thank you both for joining us this afternoon. I've asked you both to share with listeners today something from your Stage 5 Visual Arts courses and particularly to share with us a unit that you both think has been a successful unit, hopefully so that we can all appropriate some of your ideas, really. (laughs) Um, So I might... Why don't we start with Carol and we'll hear a little bit of an outline of your unit first and then we'll talk to Danielle and then maybe we can share some ideas. So Carol, can you tell me the unit of work you're going to share with us? What is it called and where does it fall in your scope and sequence? So Catherine, uh, the unit of work I will share with you today is called My World, My Story, an art making gig hosted by Grayson Perry. Oh, okay. That's a, I love that title. <laughs> Well, thank very exciting. We, uh, we have a focus on conceptual framework in this unit and we address the conceptual framework on a number of levels in this particular right. unit. So having that concept of the world in, in the title is uh, really important to sort of set the scene for the students in terms of their thinking and their approach to their art making. The unit is the second unit in the scope and sequence in Year 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start off in Year 9 elective visual arts with a unit on illustration looking at sort of uh, pop art and manga and comic illustration. And then we move into this unit, My World, My Story, uh, inspired by Grayson Perry, an art-making gig inspired by Grayson Perry, as a ceramics and a three-dimensional unit. We also look at the Hermansburg Potters and we look at a, um, at a British artist called Kate Malone as well in this unit. Oh, I but, haven't heard of Kate Malone. Yeah, Kate Malone is a fabulous contemporary ceramic artist who also hosts the Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh, I know that uh, show. Yeah, yes. and she's been one of the judges on that show. Right. And I didn't know her either until I started to watch this show, but I've put some research into her. So this unit, it's about the students looking at the signs and the symbols in their world and creating a narrative around the vessel of a classically inspired pot that tells us a story about the student's world. So oh, I'll that get sounds into, beautiful. I'll get into a little bit more of that later. I can see how Grace and Perry connects to that unit of work then. Talk to me briefly about Grayson Perry. Obviously, I love that he's in your unit of work for Year 9. He's a bit of a racy choice. How do you handle that? We're very careful. We filter through Grayson's work and his sort of his identity and his approach very carefully. We look at some sort of high-quality resources to present to the students about Grayson. And there's some fantastic, the Tate Modern in the UK produces some fantastic Tate shots, little YouTube yeah. type gigs that are very accessible to, to the students. There's a lovely one on his studio and how he uh, manages his kilns. And yeah, so we're very careful with the plates that we select to discuss with the students because he does tackle some big issues in his artworks. And some of them are not always user friendly for us as educators. So, yeah, Grayson, yeah, Grayson. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun and and his dress-ups and his whole persona is lovely for the kids to to have a look at, to be inspired by. So I'm already hearing that what's happening in art history criticism is informing what's happening in art making for your Year 9 students. 
Can you just talk me through some of the methods and techniques that you're actually passing on to students in that unit of work? Yeah, sure. So, Catherine, we we look at some of the ancients in this unit. So we look at sort of ancient Greek uh, black and red figure wear and we look at the narratives around those ancient vessels. We also look at some contemporary illustrators to see sort of some school to work options, but also to have a look at how signs and symbols are used in sort of children's storybook illustration before the students brainstorm their own world and work out what sort of type of subject matter they might use on on the belly of their own pot, their own vessel. Look at Harry McClary and we look at Diary of the Wombat and <laughs> we, we look at different <laughs> we look at different approaches to to illustration and how to decode those illustrations. And then the students, they create their own symbolic narrative about their own world. We look at Audrey Coleman and Bruce Whateley as, as illustrators. And from that, then we springboard into the concept of the, the conceptual framework. And the students sort of reverse the conceptual framework in terms of the students filling the conceptual framework out on themselves first as a method of art making inspiration. So for example, uh, we provide the writing grid on the conceptual framework and ask the students to tell us as much about their own world as they're prepared to share with us. So we'd look at things like hobbies and activities and passions and interests. And the students will fill out the world section on the conceptual framework. And from that, uh, then we would springboard into sort of a brainstorm on a visual representation of their world and then construct that through the inspiration from, from the children's book uh, ideas and conventions in those children's books that we had looked at. Sounds so, fantastic. I'd mm. love to see some of them. Here's a, um, a question for you. One of the tricky things is uh, handling the size of ceramic works Mm. and the kiln room and firing everything. Mm. And I know people are going to be listening and wanting to know, how do you manage that then if you've got maybe two year nine classes all doing ceramics Mm. at once? What are some (laughs) of your tricks? Kingcumber High School were a little bit lucky because like bowerbirds in our faculty, every time we see something out on the rubbish pile, we all go and collect things. So over the years... Over over the years, uh, so I've been there for nine years, we've collected so many trolleys that other faculties, little like push trolleys that the other faculties have thrown out. And we use these trolleys, I think in the kiln room today, there were there may have been seven trolleys full of ceramic work. (laughs) So we put all of our ceramic work and we store it in the kiln room a lot of the time. And this way it's sort of, it's, it's protected, you know, the kids, it's, it's a closed space. We don't have a lot of things that, that break and are damaged because we have these funky trolleys in in (laughs) faculty that we just drive around all the time. And we have little labels on and that's your, your trolley and that's my trolley sort of thing. That's fantastic. Good, a, a, a good, but perhaps tricky to replicate tip. Carol, yes. <laughs> we all need to be searching through other departments and searching the streets. So yeah, that's right. Yes. Can you tell me in terms of that program, and I know we're going to move over to Danielle in a minute, but in terms of that program, um, 
are there things that you have thought are really successful and is there anything that you've changed over the years? The aspects that are really successful are the the students really appreciate being taught the diversity of ceramic uh, surface. So we look at uh, as many different sort of unusual ceramic surface techniques as possible uh, that we can incorporate in this particular unit. So the students will start off with painting their designs on with a a series of coloured slips and underglazes. And then the work will be fired very slowly. I'm, I'm a big, um, I'm, I'm always talking about firing technique in, in the staff room and making sure that the ramp rate is really slow. And we, we make sure that things get fired well. But after it's fired and the glazing process is starting to occur, we add tissue transfers onto the surface wow. for, for the students. So we show how to use those particular techniques. Um, underglaze pencils. Mm-hmm. And then we glaze the surface. And then after the glaze surface, then we show the kids how to use lusters. So they have these gold, really beautiful vessels. By the at the end of the project, they've got all these golden sparkly things and they really value them. Oh, that's so good. It sounds yeah. like a beautiful unit. It's too, so lovely. Um, it's a really lovely them- unit in to visual arts yeah beautiful I I need it's hard with a podcast I need some visuals um Danielle I'd I'd love to see some of those they sound really amazing do you do any ceramics I know this isn't what you're going to talk about I do I do so I like to hook in my students semester one in year 10 and we do a ceramics unit around surrealism um, and they they really love doing that as well I mainly use oxides, underglazing glazes, and you've mentioned a pen in, in yours, and I want to go and order one because they sound really great. Yeah, no, we all need to steal some of those technical technical yeah. ideas from you. Yeah. Carol, we actually used to do ceramics and surrealism at our school too, Danielle. We used to do a, a surreal tea party, which oh, that's was a nice. lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Danielle, I know you're going to talk to me about one of your units. Do you want to maybe... We'll wind back a bit. And if you could just tell me a little bit about what your unit's called. Um, So we just call our unit Frames Keyword Artwork because it's really driven by students uh, are given a range of keywords, each relate to the frame. So it's also improving their vocabulary as well when they go to write about the frames. And they choose one of those words and they design a body of work based around that word. This unit's position in semester two of year 10. So in the scope, they've already done so many detailed and structured activities that are developing their drawing skills in portrait in year nine, and then do still life painting, surreal ceramics. And so uh, this unit's just trying to prepare them to think like a senior student and to try and drive a body of work about something they're really interested in. So that, that's basically mine in a little nutshell. Oh, that sounds really, really interesting. So in terms of um, the content, how do you divide it up? Is there a period where the students are, so they're going to create a mini body of work. Yep. Um, Is there a period where they're researching? Yeah, what happens? Yeah, so I always start off this unit because by this time they have a really strong understanding of the subjective structural and cultural frames. And we do touch on postmodernism throughout, but this really gives them such a concrete understanding of what it is. So I love to start off with 
um, postmodern artists. Um, this year I introduced Tony Albert, see, because I saw this amazing video about his artwork called The Brothers the Prodigal Son. And that was made out of glass, lead, and it was like a stained glass window. And I really I loved it. It was so topical. Of, yeah. yeah. And it was so topical for the time with the Black Lives Matter movement um, in America. And that's really come through here as mm. well. So I just thought, like, I, I think I saw it. And the next day I was like, I have to add that to my program. So I started off with Tony Albert. And I, I taught students how to create a, a postmodern artwork. We've already like touched on that before, but I gave them some restrictions or like some, yeah, guidelines. some guides. Yeah, yep. some guidelines. So um, I gave them like a, a traditional stained glass window shape. They could have researched their own one, but I gave them one of those and I showed them how to break it down into different segments. And they had to include at least one object or a figure and it was to explore a current issue they felt has been overlooked. And they were very small artworks in their VAPDs. And so this is a preliminary. Yeah, this a is a, sorry, this is quite detailed. I'm sorry. That's good. <laughs> this is, this is one of the first things that we do. And some students actually use that idea for their body of work. So they, they will push that idea and make it larger and develop the technique more. Um, so a couple of students actually did that this year. So I introduced the, uh, the postmodern frame through Tony Albert. And then we look at Daniel Boyd's artwork. We call them pirates out here. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we're looking at the role of truth and overlooked histories in reconciliation. And that's something that we really like to bring to the forefront at, at our school. And we have a heavy focus on um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander histories. Um, and we do like a, a sorting activity with the frames. And of course, uh, looking at the conceptual framework as well. So then I look at the Gorilla Girls. Some of my favorite artists, Danielle, and you know, I think this is the beauty of um, the way that the syllabus works you know when you have a passion for these artists and these ideas you're actually able to to interject and find spaces to get those things to the students and and I can tell already from your excitement that oh, I, you, I love looking at these you artists. convey that really well <laughs> yeah so the gorilla girls yeah so we look at the gorilla girls I showed them one of their interviews and it, I think that's the moment they really understand postmodernism when they look at you know how outraged the gorilla girls were at the representations of women and um, uh, other cultures in galleries and how underrepresented they are and they become outraged themselves and I I just love it so it's just I, I just I, that's so that's what I start with because they've already looked at the other frames and I really focused on that postmodern frame so then I give students uh, 12 keywords and three of those words relate to each frame so for example, for the subjective frame, there's the words sensations, inner worlds and identity. Right. Um, another example is in the postmodern frame, there's words like power, parody and appropriation. I find these keywords really stick with the students and it helps them even write about artworks later because as soon as they think of these, these different frames, these keywords come to mind. I love, Danielle, that you, you're you about to give them a period where they've got some freedom and they're going to have a go at making a mini body of work, but it's also carefully structured and there are guidelines around how they can move within that space because I, I sometimes think um, students tend to be able to start work more quickly and be more successful when those guidelines and structures are actually there 
um, they do actually help them help them to make progress. So I really like that. Yeah. And to support students as well, I showed them work samples from previous years Excellent. and they, they saw, they organize, they look at the, their body of work and try and allocate it to one of the key words. So oh, they also idea. have a concrete um, example of, of, you know, what it could look like. Can you talk to me a little bit about how your art historical critical studies feed in to the art making? So are they researching artists that relate to their specific frame? Absolutely. How does that work? Absolutely. So in the beginning, I asked students to choose one of their keywords. And it really, that goes off like sort of the gut instinct. What word are they drawn to? What would they like to pursue? Then we go into the computer room and we do some research around that keyword and they find some inspirational artworks, sort of like a mood board. And that's when I'll directly guide them to an artwork. Mm -hmm. or an artist and I'll say oh that sounds a lot like this person or you know why don't you look into this or even focusing on technique or concept and it really does help their research come along because they are still in year 10 so oh, I do that in year 11 and 12 as well but definitely um, they would need that support in year 10. Yeah so once they have that research and I give them three weeks to research because that that foundation is really important for them to experiment with ideas and I also encourage them to take their own photographs relating to their keyword mm -hmm. and that might help spark you know some imagery in their body of work. So I, I we do three weeks of that and then it's three weeks of technique development. As I mentioned earlier in the scope they have already been exposed to many different um, art making techniques in very structured ways so they would already be confident in if they want to do pursue drawing or painting or um, ceramics there are occasionally some students who don't feel confident in those areas still or perhaps they haven't shown um, as much development in those areas and I work with them to create a photographic and digital media artwork so I'll take those students um, who really aren't sure what to do and I give them some Photoshop tutorials in how to um, explore their idea online. Wow, this is, a, this is a, a, a really broad and kind of challenging unit and it's a unit that really brings together, I, mean, I know you said it's at the end of the year 10 course, so it's really bringing together all of their knowledge and understanding from really year 7 to year 10 yeah. And, and letting them show what they can do at the end of that point, which yeah. is, you know, you're putting quite a bit of trust in them. I, I love the idea. What's the, what, what have you changed about that unit so over the years I've, and what's successful? Yeah. Sorry. I, I've definitely structured how much time to spend at each point. And I have very high expectations of once I've spoken to a student and we've discussed, you know, perhaps you could research this artist or take a photograph of this. I really do have that expectation. The next time I see them, it'll be complete because that's the only way we're going to progress and get to this point. So I've really implemented very clear markers for success where we should be. So it's very structured. Uh, another thing that I've implemented, as I mentioned earlier, again, is I, if I see an amazing artist, I'll just add them to the unit. So that's something I've changed as well. And I give them markers as well in terms of when they're actually working on the body of work, 
I've given them an idea of size. So I say an A2 size or an equivalent. So if they're making a series of smaller works, I give them the idea of how big it needs to be. Yeah, but mainly what I think successful in this unit is at the end of every unit I teach, I ask students to evaluate it. Yeah, and they all say, like they all say they love that they could choose their concept and they could, well, with a bit of guidance, but they could choose their concept and work in the medium they feel most confident, confident in. So that's what I think the success of this And you know is. what? There's actually a bit of a similarity there between the unit of work that you teach and the unit of work that Carol's shared with us because her work, you know, in a sense, although it's quite a different material, it also is about including the student's world and letting them tell their own story which um, you know wasn't a deliberate thing that we brought together, but you both are drawing on that in your classroom, which uh, you know we all know uh, definitely helps with engagement. Thanks so much, both of you, for sharing an outline of those units. Well, thanks for us. inviting us. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. It's an absolute pleasure. I know that you both have mentioned a whole range of artists today, and maybe a few technical terms, and I'm going to just be a bit cheeky and say would you mind if we made a little list in the statewide staff room of some of those artists names and some of those terms so that anyone who listens to the podcast might be able to come back and see them there yeah that's fine Catherine I'd be so happy to share all of that thank you it's no problem thank you yeah I'd be more than happy to as well oh thank you both so much look I could keep talking to you for ages but we can't lots and lots <laughs> of ideas I appreciate your time Oh, thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. Get involved in the conversation by following Creative Arts Curriculum 7 to 12 on Facebook or Twitter, or join the Creative Arts Statewide Staff Room as a source of all truths regarding curriculum supported by the New South Wales Department of Education. You can contact the Creative Arts Advisor, Catherine Rickett Horvat, or Creative Arts Project Officer, Jackie King, using the email address creativearts7-12 at det.nsw.edu.au. The theme music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King. <laughs>